are listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. And it's a good day today, Charlie. Bro, it's a very good day. Very good day. Hey, while you were out, man, we had some good connections. I know, man. I'm so sorry I missed the last couple podcasts, bro. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Man, we had Rick Rutker from Cyprus talking about yeah. developing leaders within his ministry there. Then, then uh, a really unique podcast with this incredible leader in sports ministry, Steve Anderson, yeah. called Big House. A- athletes in action. Yes, and he's yeah. at Grand Valley State. Now he's at Michigan. He's done okay. That's cool. a lot of different ministries, but it was yeah. really good talking about sports and the platform. That's very fun. I, I wish I could have been there for that because, you know, I, I'm a sports advocate. <laughs> Bro, I mean, you're not only a sports advocate, you're a championship coach. <laughs> Player, All American, <laughs> Coach of the Year, Coach of the Year. Yeah, <laughs> you go ahead and say. But, it. but no, no big deal. But we've got an awesome guest with us today. <laughs> Amazing guest, veteran youth pastor. You know, like we're talking about, like big time, big time. He's like Michigan, big time. Yes, but he's from North Carolina. He's from North Carolina, and he loves Alabama football. Oh, yeah. Alabama football. Go yeah. roll tide. Roll tide, baby. Okay. So with you us, you want to introduce our guest is Doctor Derek Idle, uh, youth ministry professor at Liberty University, and goes back way back in the day. Um, actually, in 1998, Derek was at a youth convention, a Wesleyan youth convention in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. And that's where you received your call to ministry. That's right. Oh, that's cool. How yep. cool is that? That's great. And then for years, serving in Wesleyan churches. In multiple parts of the country, and uh, North and Carolina, Iowa, yep, uh, Georgia, right? Yep, yep. At Twelve right. Stone, and then mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for years, uh, Derek and Jeff Ecker and I, we did this thing called New Level Leadership. So, if you're listening and you are a part of that, you're really going to enjoy this. Yeah. This is going to be a lot of fun going back to some of that stuff. But Derek, uh, in his doctoral work, did this research on this topic that's been driving us in youth ministry crazy for years. Mm-hmm. It's this nasty, dirty narrative that actually isn't true at all, that literally attacks youth ministry, saying that, you know, if you're involved in youth ministry, then you're less likely to be connected to the church when you leave the youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And I've seen these articles, and you've seen these articles, and I, sure. I've been annoyed I've, by I've, them. I've read, I've read books on them. And we've talked about it. We even talk about it a little bit in, in 30 Lessons from 30 Years, but mm-hmm. it's not based on fact. Or truth, and it's based on somebody's narrative and opinion. And so uh, Derek's doctoral work is in this, and we get to dig deep with Derek on this. It's awesome. And so because of that, we want to do a two-part series. Okay, great. With Derek on this. Super excited. So Derek, yeah. tell us a little bit about your research, because as Charlie yeah. introduced, the, this whole narrative that the, yeah. these students are going to leave the church once they go off to college. So what did, what did you discover? Well, I think the first thing I want to do is say, you got to know how deeply entrenched this narrative and idea is. This is something that 
has been perpetuated for the last nearly 30 years mm. in, in, in the church. In fact, as of 2021, there were over 3 million references in the literature and through online searches that would state that students are leaving the church mm-hmm. somewhere between 70 and 95% when they graduate high school. Mm-hmm. In fact, the list of student, uh, the list of pastors that I've talked to are guys that I've been friends with in ministry that are now out of youth ministry and pursuing other pursuits of ministry, some planning churches and being senior pastors, which praise God for those, for, for, for those, you know, what, whatever God calls you to. But what I found is, is that many times I would hear, man, I want to make sure that my ministry and life matters for something. Mm-hmm. Why would I invest my life in something? That's that, not going to last. That's not going to last, right? That at the end of the day, um, you know, most of them are going to leave. And, uh, so this is a this is something that's been heavy on my heart because I've I've never experienced droves of students leaving the church from my student ministries that mm-hmm. I've led and so mm-hmm. am I like man am I like this super youth pastor am I like this anomaly but when I talk to my other youth pastor friends what I found is is that they were not feeling or experiencing the same thing and uh, so I went and I started doing some research and as I was doing the research I stumbled ac- upon this incredible research done by this guy by the name of Brandon Shields back in 2008. Okay. And Brandon Shields, basically, it was right in the middle of the family integrated church movement when uh, there were movie, there was a documentary called Divided and some other things that were coming mm-hmm. out basically saying the youth ministry is unbiblical and you know all this type of stuff, which is completely false. Yeah, but, but they were saying this type of stuff and perpetuating these ideas. And uh, so he went and he did a research study to determine our kids really leave in the church. And it was important to him that he chose a denomination or a church that, you know, has biblically found, uh, strong foundational ideas. Like, our kids leave in the church if the church doesn't teach that Jesus is the way to God or that the Bible is not the inspired and word of God. Well, maybe, possibly so, because they're not getting the whole, the whole picture. But are they really leaving churches mm-hmm. where, like, they have strong biblical theological sort right. of ideas right. or whatever, right? So he decided to research 12 Southern Baptist megachurches, uh, and he's out of uh, Southern Seminary um, in Louisville, Kentucky. Sure. He researches these 12 Southern Baptist megachurches, and he decides to create this survey instrument that basically shares 15 questions off of your former youth ministry commitment, like when you were in high school, and then another 15 questions on your current church involvement. Mm-hmm. And these questions revolve around things like spiritual disciplines, how frequently were you attending, were you in a small group, did you have a relationship with a leader, a pastor, things like that. And through that, he built this scale that sort of determined whether a student was a level one, a level two, a level three, or a level four committed student in mm-hmm. youth ministry. A level one committed student would be a student that has no commitment to student ministry mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe they showed up a few times, but they would have they're definitely no, on the fringe. Yeah, they're on the yeah. fringe. They would, if you were to ask them what student ministry church you go to, they would say, "I don't go to one." Mm-hmm. Uh, the level two, this would be the student that's in your student ministry, which I think is important for you to lock in on because I think this is a really important group in the in the research. The level two is a student who they might tend sporadically. They might come once uh, once a month. They might come four or five you know, weeks in a row, and then you might not see them for two or three weeks. They're really sporadic in the ministry. They're they're not necessarily engaged in a lot of things. They don't go to um, Any events, of the activities, trips, or mission camp, trips, camps, none that's of that, right? Thing, right. But if you were to go up to them and ask them, what church, what youth ministry do you go to? They would say, they, that they church, your it. church. Right. Yeah. Like they feel some level of connect connectivity and commitment to that church. A level three, this is a student who attends the student ministry two to three times a month. 
Um, they're in a small group. They have a relationship with a leader. They're practicing some level of spiritual disciplines. They don't go to everything, but they go to most things. Mm-hmm. And then the level four, this is the student that is in everything. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, like they're, if they're not there, they're sick. They're, they go to camp. They go to retreats. Yeah. They go on mission trips. They're in small groups, all this type of stuff. Church doors are open. They're there. Exactly. And uh, I'll get to my research here in a minute, but I'll say this. One of the things that Brandon Shields wanted to show in his research was is that there's this guy by the name of Karl Popper, and he came up with this idea of a verification and falsification studies. And his idea was is that every hypothesis should be researched over and over and over and over and over again, and you should get the same results. Mm-hmm. And if you get just results that contradict those results, right. then those results yeah. can't be true, and it's called a black swan study. And so the idea is is that if I was to say all swans were white— how many black swans would you have to see in order for that statement not to be true? Mm. Only one. And uh, so the truth is there's really not much, if any, research saying that kids are leaving the church, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah. But he does his research, and the overall retention rate across all categories, level two, three, and four, level one you don't count because they were never connected anyway, mm-hmm. but across the level two, three, and four was, was 92.7%. Wow. So Stay, stayed involved in the stayed church. Stayed in the church. And he's researching. graduated from high school. Exactly. So he's researching 19 to 29-year-olds, mm-hmm. the 10 years out of, out of high school, the, from these churches. He got the roles from the churches, re, you know, I mean, contact, all that type of stuff. And he found that a 92.7% overall retention, all right, which is incredible. That's, that's like crazy. Like virtually, to put that in perspective, to have two Protestant believing parents, the retention rate is 80%. Mm-hmm. That's what studies show. So having loose-level even youth ministry commitment, loose-level youth ministry commitment, the level two, his retention rate was 80%. Mm -hmm. So loose-level youth ministry commitment had the same retention level as having two parents that believe in Jesus. So, and I'm I'm going somewhere with this. So I saw his research, and I'm blown away by it, and I'm like, well, is his research study an outlier? Like, is it something about that uh, mega churches? Maybe it's they have mm-hmm. budget money, mm-hmm. they have resourcing. They're maybe the Baptists do this really well, or whatever, right? Yeah, is it a denominational thing? So maybe, I decided maybe it's the Calvinists. You maybe, know what I'm maybe, maybe, maybe. Easy, bro. So I decided. Hey, let's don't, don't go down that road. I decided what I would do is I would go and I would um, I would research a different population. So I researched four different denominations. The Wesleyan Wesleyan Church is one of those denominations. I I researched. I also researched the Southern Baptist Church. I researched the Christian Missionary Alliance Church and the Evangelical Free Church. Okay. I researched four different denominations, and and those are solid denominations. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, the Bible believing, Jesus preaching denominations. That's correct. And uh, and this is an important part of the criteria. They must have a full time student pastor, and they must have budget money going towards their student okay. ministry. And the ministry must have things like small groups, take kids to camp, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, right? So anyways, I researched... So there's a level of commitment on the church to, to invest youth in youth ministry. Right. If your church doesn't care about youth ministry, they don't right. resource it, they don't hire for it, well, the chance of your kids leaving the church might... Like, that doesn't tell me anything about the effectiveness mm-hmm. of youth ministry, mm-hmm. right? Because right. right. youth ministry doesn't really exist. That Right, 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 right. <laughs> Exactly. So I ran the same research, and I chose churches 500 to 2,000, so also in a different sort of size range of church. So it's large but not mega. Exactly. And let me tell you, the the results are incredible. So the level two loosely committed student, the exact same statistic as Shields' study in 2008. No way. Mine was 79.3%, so virtually 80%. Level two. Level two, the exact Mm -hmm. same. Not only that, in Shields' study and in my study, what we found is is that level twos 
most of them, like 80 plus percent of them, were level threes and fours as an adult. In mm. other words, their their, their commitment actual grew. it increased. Yeah. Yep. It increased. It's it's incredible. But the level three, this is crazy. Ninety five point seven percent retention rate. Right. Ninety five percent. I got chills, man. Yeah, man. Seriously, it's crazy. It's amazing. Now, level four, the most committed kids across these churches, and I'm I'm researching adults that were involved in. They're they're giving a self reflection. Ninety eight percent retention rate, and this is this this to me blows my mind. And this is a significant number of participants. And all. Mm-hmm. this is not some like mom and pop study yeah, type not, of situation. It's not like ten students here. This tracking. is massive. One church had quite a few more dropouts than others did. In fact, uh, 14 churches in my studies didn't have a single person drop out in that level four Whoa. category. This church was removed from my study. The retention rate would have been 99.4%. So it's virtually guaranteed if a student ministry is deeply committed to, a student is deeply committed to student ministry of your church, it's virtually guaranteed they're going to be walking with Jesus as they go into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And what, what was the anomaly of this church? Did you, did you discover anything different? Um, well, um, was there more moral failure of the youth pastor? No. Nope. Was there anything like that where you go, there, this is the reason why this is a little bit of an outlier? Well, you know, I, here's one thing that I will say that also blew my mind in the research. One of the things that I found to be true is that what in my research, the student pastors that had been in ministry for 15 mm-hmm. to 30, up to almost to 30 mm-hmm. years, I had guys between 15 and 30, but I had guys that had been in for five years, 10 years, and mm-hmm. 12 years, things like that. The ones from 15 plus years, the retention rate was lower. And this guy had been in ministry for over 25 years. Wow. Now, that was surprising to me. Yes. And blew my mind that the longer yeah. that you were in, the lower your retention was. Now, as I've investigated and I've dug a little deeper and without getting into a ton of details because I know we're limited on time, sure. let me tell you what I think the bottom line is that I've kind of discovered in it. Here's what happens. When you're young and you're in ministry, you're hungry, you're learning, you're growing, mm-hmm. you're leading things, you're making mistakes, you're going to other churches, you're seeing what they're doing, all this type of stuff. And then at some point in your ministry journey, call it 12, 15 years in, you kind of become like kind of an expert. I mean, you've been doing it for a while. you got your 10,000 hours in type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And now that you're kind of viewed as an expert, you're asked to get you're asked to speak at things sure. like you're talking to other pastors. Now you're leading the cohort of youth pastors in the area, right? And what I think happens is that pastors get to a point and they stop growing. Mm. They stop learning. They Whoa, they lose bro. the hunger. They they've been doing it this way and they and then they just they kind of get in the rhythm and they start doing their student ministry the same way. And culture's changing and things are changing, but the young ones that are in ministry they're still hungry. They're still learning. They realize there's a gap between, you know, arriving like in where they're at. And I think that that hunger carries them. Right. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, um, the retention rate for those were incredibly high. Mm-hmm. We're still way over 90 yeah, 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 percent. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I'm not I'm not throwing it's, stones yes, at that, that right, category. Right. It's not I'm like saying, it's not an effective youth. Ministry. Right. And, and, and let me say this. I mean, I hired a top notch statistician to run all my stuff. And he said, man, there's something here with tenure that is really sticking and popping out of your research. It's not something that I probably would have noticed right off the rip mm-hmm. because the retention rate was so high across mm-hmm, the board. Mm-hmm. You can get kind of focused on that. So in that church, the student pastor had been there for a long time mm-hmm. and he'd been in ministry for a long time. So it makes you wonder, is there a um, sort of, uh, he's maxed out his capacity. Mm-hmm. 
either that's all the capacity he has or there's more growth. There's mm-hmm. more, there's mm-hmm. more, whatever. He's kind of hit the rhythm. He's, he's taking a step back he's or on whatever. Cru- on, maybe on cruise control, if we can put exactly, it Exactly. Right. That, that might be. So one, so one of the principles then what you're saying is we, we need to be staying hungry. That's right. And we gotta be stay, we gotta keep growing. Like we that's right. Keep, Lord, stretch me, grow me, help, help me to be a better at what, what you've called me to do. I mean, I would say being in student ministry now for, you know, almost, you know, 25 years, almost. I mean, it, being in there for that long, the way I did student ministry five years ago is not the same way I do it now. Sure. And the way I did it five years ago is not the same way I did it 10 years ago. There's obviously some biblical, biblical principle, you know, f- philosophy of ministry, things that are driven by, you know, biblical and theological reasoning that will never change. But there's adjustments and things that you have to make and things you have to do and things you have to look at at your ministry to get better at. If you look at your ministry and you've been leading it for five years, six years, seven years, and you're like, yo, we're kind of doing it the same way. We've been doing it for the last six or mm-hmm, seven years. Mm-hmm. Whether you think it or not, you're behind. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you've been in ministry for a long time. I think maybe there's a tendency to stop being eager to grow. So yeah. Let's go back to your research here, Derek. Yeah. Um, to talk, going back to Brandon, you sent that out, and you actually posted it on Facebook a while back. Yep. And there was a bunch of us that were just digging in on that. There is an other research that came out, and we're not going to talk about where it came from. Sure, yeah, yeah. But in its research, what it said is um, Eddie Shigley failed as a parent because his children graduated from high school and left the church. Yeah. Hey, and really what happened that is... That didn't happen to me. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, they went to college. Yeah. So they were no longer at that same church. At that church. particular church, they went to their church at, at so, the university town. Yeah. Yes. Right. So you would you I, I was I'm a stat in this person in this group's research yeah. because when I graduated from Whiteford Wesleyan Church, you know, yeah. in high school there. That's right. And I left and came to IWU, I was no longer at that church. Well, and so they lost me. So that's how weak. So it's important that you guys know where the inception yeah. of this idea of kids leaving the church started. Yes. It started back and I don't mind I don't mind. It's it's in the literature. It's in my uh literature it's in review. my published yeah. stuff too. Like, you know, and it's in Brandon Shields' published yes. stuff. So it's it's something you can investigate uh, you know, yourself. But um back in around ninety three, ninety four, Barna had come out with a study yep. on church things and yeah. and it was a great study and things that they did but randomly and sort of the research conclusions they threw in there hey a large percentage of young people are leaving the church when they go off to college mm-hmm. when you go and you investigate their survey instrument and the, the methodology of the of the statistical data that they collected what you find is, is that there's no questions on the survey that have anything to do with someone's previous attendance and church and their commitment to church and their level of commitment to church mm-hmm. and what their current church attendance is and so when you look at that, you go, well, that's curious that they would throw it in there. Yeah, it is curious that they would throw it in there. And again, it has nothing to do with what they were trying to research. Then um, Just later— not, it's, it's not good data then. You know, it's, it's they're, not, they're asking the wrong questions. It's fake. It's not even—it's not, even, not, even, not even built off their questioning. Mm-hmm. In, uh, you know, major people in the youth ministry movement in 95, 96 started saying at big youth pastors' conferences, 85%, 90% of kids are leaving the church when they graduate high school— other people picked it up, like Josh McDowell picked it up and is like, mm-hmm. you know, well, you know what? The reason they're leaving the high school is because they go to college, a professor with three PhDs smashes everything they believe. They don't know why they believe what they believe, and they need to know why they believe what they believe. I wrote this book so they can understand that by my book, right? Mm-hmm. Because negative statistics sells right. books. And I'm not saying that was his motivation. 
What I'm saying is he puts that statistic in his book, and I've researched it, and Shields researched it, and right. we communicated with his people, and uh, there's no place in the literature anywhere that supports that statistic. Nowhere. Zero. Uh, the, another guy of a major ministry organization that most people would know in the youth ministry movement, an older guy now, uh, you know, he, he said this at a massive youth conference, so Shields actually interviewed him and said, you know, where did you get that data from? And he said, it just kind of felt like that. Anecdotal. Anecdotal, completely. Not on data. He completely made it up. And he said, you know, because what what happened is, you know, well, I'd see 10 kids graduate from our church, student ministry, but only two of them would still be in there in the church. Well, just because they left your church doesn't mean they left the church. Yes. Like you said, they moved four hours across town to another. Of course, they're not going to your church. They're going to the church in their college Mm -hmm. town, right? Or maybe they still live in your town, but now that they're an adult, they can choose what church to go to, and they didn't like going to your church, so now they go to the church down the road, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know. Like, just because they left your church doesn't mean they're leaving Mm -hmm. the church, and I think that might have skewed some of the thinking back in the day. But one piece of data that I'll mention, which I think is what I which I think is important, is LifeWay did a study in 2007, another one in 2017. And what they did is they said that in 2007, they said that 67% of students are leaving the, ch- leaving the church for at least a year between 18 and 22. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and th- there it is. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I mean, th- right. this is the book that was completely written on that narrative. That's right. And I won't name the book, but the, but the... But the you know some type of data, but the data probably wasn't asking the right kinds of questions, and yeah. they, they write an entire book of reclaiming a generation of dropouts of eighteen to twenty two year olds are leaving the church when they probably don't have the right data or they're not asking the right questions. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 mm-hmm. actually had conversations with all of these people. Yeah, who, you know, I mean, so I mean, I've been able to get into those discussions, which is pretty cool. But here here's what here's the interesting thing about it. In, in 2017, it was um, 64% right. dropouts. It's still kind of in that 64 uh, for it for at least a year. Now, Shields does his study in 2008, which is one year after that study came out. So he added it into the survey questioning in his research. How long did you really leave the church did, did, when you went off to college from 18 to 22? Did you leave for one month? Did you leave for three months, six months, you know, a year, year plus, right? Basically asking the same question, and what he found from these Southern Baptist megachurches is that over 80% of them never left the church Mm -hmm. for more than six months, Mm -hmm. let alone for a year. So again, there's a black swan study. There's a falsification study to this other study. So what you can say is maybe the population, the LifeWay studied, Mm -hmm. maybe a part of that population, that statistic was true, but to apply that statistic to the whole is a mistake because that statistic shouldn't be applied to the whole. Right. So I did the same thing in my study. I researched well, the same it, it, deal. Well, yeah, Lifeway is dominated by the Southern Baptist yeah, Convention. Yeah. So, you know, the, so now they, you, they would, they would sh- sh- should have been researching some of the same kind of demographics. A hundred, Yeah, for sure. Well, I know some other stuff related to the demographics and all that that kind of gets into some of the the, the methodology stuff from, and, and Barna's more egregious with it than others. And again, I'm not trying to like throw, I like, I think they do great stuff and a lot of their research sure. is great and all this type of stuff. I just think sometimes, uh, you know, it's not a straight line to that conclusion. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a zigzag, zigzag line. And the truth is like in, in this study, so I did the same questioning. Did they leave the church? 84% in my study did not leave the church for, uh, uh, leave the church for, for over six months. Let me tell you why that's significant. I did my research in 
started it in October of 2021, meaning I started enacting mm -hmm. the research. So let me tell you what that means. That means that I'm researching 18 to 22 year olds mm -hmm. that also had just come through COVID, right? Who also their churches closed their doors yes. for that amount of time. Yes. So the fact, so I could say, well, you know what? If that statistic came back high, because I thought that it, like if it came back and said, yeah, 70% of them are leaving the church from 18 to 22 for up to a year, I could say, well, you know what? That could be skewed by COVID, COVID, right? For sure. Maybe they didn't leave the church for the year. Maybe it was just because of COVID shut their church down and they couldn't attend. Mm -hmm. Even with COVID, 84% did not leave for up to a year. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer just one black so even, swan, slutty. So they even There's stayed engaged even <clears throat> online, obviously. That's right. If they're saying, yes, I stayed engaged. Yeah. And I'm dear friends with... Um, the uh, Lifeway people, oh, like yeah, I have you great are, yeah. friends, you know, I mean, I got in there, they're incredible, you know, and the people that lead over there are, they're unbelievable. I'm not saying this to rip the re rip them. Here, here's the bottom line that I've learned through doing more research in youth ministry. There's just not a lot of research on youth ministry. Yes, yes. So what happens is anytime any research comes out or anything shows anything, people jump on it and they start going crazy about it. And it's like, wait a minute, more research needs to be done before we say that hypothesis is the true hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't think that these there's anything malicious by these mm -hmm. statistics being out. I think they're operating based off of w what they have in front of them, but what they have in front of them might not be the story that represents the whole, which is actually what I believe. It doesn't represent the whole. Mm -hmm. I do believe there's pockets of places where there is a much lower retention rate. Sure. It's probably true that churches who have volunteer, bivocational, part-time youth pastors because of the amount of time commitment that can be committed, but there's no data to show it, but it could be true, or churches that don't budget their youth ministries, or churches mm -hmm. that teach um, sort of liberal theology on things where they don't you know, elevate the Word of God, or, you know, uh, Jesus isn't the only way to God, or things like that, but they would still call themselves a church, or call them, which, you know, uh, you know, I'd have some debate about that, but let's say they did that, right? I am, I'm, I, for sure, that is the case, but what I'm telling you is, is that now in two studies, in significant studies, there is not, uh, the, the church, that when students are connected to youth ministry, they are not leaving the church, and when they're really connected, it's virtually guaranteed that they will not leave the church, which is pretty incredible. Which, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Let's and there's major implications yeah. for that for the church, especially when I see denominations shrinking in mm -hmm. their hiring of youth ministry leaders. And when I see all types of churches making decisions on hiring, whether they're going to hire this or way or hire that way, and I'm going, wait a minute, like... You you need to know the the real data before you start basing those decisions off faulty data because that's a problem. That that's a good introduce introduction to the next podcast. So we're gonna tackle that one next. But if we can go back just before we end this one, when you're talking about anecdotal evidence, stuff yeah. that people just feel, or the manipulation of, or they stats. hear a, they hear a narrative, yeah, they a narrative. hear someone say it once at we, a camp or a big time speaker at a conference, yeah, and, that, right. and that seep, seeps into you. Yeah, and we right. can, you can manipulate research by just you know manipulating the controls. That's right. And so when you think about all this information, there is a biblical principle. I just want you to kind of finish this podcast yeah, with. Sure. And so when you think about all of this. As a student, my freshman year, who was committed 
heavily to the church I grew up in. I came to college for the first time in my life. Nobody told me what I had to do. And I think about the dorm on this very conservative Christian school that most of the people like me, that first semester, especially September, October, it was like, this is the first of my life someone's telling me, you know, I, I don't have to get up and go. And it did last for a second. But there's a biblical principle at play, and that's God's word does not return void. That's right. So in all of your research, um, and, and we're talking about the deep stuff before we go on to what's next yeah. in the second podcast, speak to that. How do you see that that God's word is essential to your research, keeping students connected to the body of Christ? Plugged in. Just not having great activities and great program, which is amazing. Your ministries have always had great programming. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But the, but the transformation that happens in the heart of kids so, because so of So, I mean, a words. part of the criteria for the churches in my study was that the youth pastors had to fill out a theological That's and biblical right. fa- document, yeah. and, and I would not select them if they did not agree with mm. certain biblical and theological yeah. sort of foundational yeah, this things. This is important. And so, the, and it wasn't just that. Also, what do you do for small groups? What do you do for these type of things? Because again, I wanted to make sure that these student pastors are investing deeply. They're pouring into their students. Yes. They have, you know, discipleship was they're happening. discipling their kids, right? Um, <clears throat> so, so that that to me is really important. But I think just in general, let, let me back up from a biblical standpoint. Just All in right. general, I and this is where I get on my soapbox a little bit. I get Go. sick. I get sick and tired of hearing all this negative stuff about the church. The church is the bride of Christ. Amen, Amen. brother. If you went and started right. talking smack about my wife, like we'd have a problem. Yes. And and it's and the church is the bride of Christ. And the church is not perfect by any means. But let me tell you, Jesus says in Matthew 16, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is not going anywhere. The church is not depleting. The church is not in trouble. The church is not struggling. And these ideas are bananas. In fact, there is um, some research that was put out by Veritas on the state of religion in the world. And what they found is, because of over the last 10, to 10 years especially, man, 10 to 13 years, we've been talking a lot about the religious nuns, you know, the religiously non-affiliated. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What the research is now showing is that group is actually decreasing, not increasing. And what they're actually showing is, is that by 2040, that group is going to decrease from 16% of the American population to 13%. Also, what they're showing is, is that Christianity over that time is going to grow by one percentage point, which is the largest percentage point that it's grown in like the last 20 to 30 years. It's, it's phenomenal. So what we're seeing is this emergence of a movement of God, right? Also, right. what the studies are showing is when students grow up in a home, where both of their parents are non-religious, right? Like they're the religious non-affiliated, that there's around an 80% chance of them actually becoming religious, Wow! all right? And uh, now that doesn't mean that it's Christianity, but the two places that they typically go to are Christianity and Islam. So growing up even in unbelief, they at some point recognize that there's something that there, there's 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 answers they're seeking and exactly it, and it's not being those questions aren't being answered exactly and i can tell you it's that god hole in their heart too that's their right soul. that's right and just over the last couple of weeks speaking at camps and things like that you know um seeing this generation and the way that they're connecting to 
the gospel and connecting to just uh, the, the move of God that's happening. I mean, I've never been more excited about the that's future awesome. of, of the students in this generation. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, our churches have to step up to the plate and prioritize this generation and this generation in their churches and in their communities. They just have to. Well, there's the introduction to what's mm-hmm. coming next. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you this, Derek, last night, you know, I'm sitting there listening to you preach. And as you're coming down to the, the very end, it was palpable in the room. There's 1,200 students in there. And it's almost like you couldn't get to the invitation fast enough. Mm-hmm. The response was incredible. Yeah. And in our podcast with other people, we had Olivia Williamson on um, on the podcast a little bit ago talking about the fervent desire for students who want they want this. They they, they want, want to engage with Christ, Christ man. That's Rick right. Rucker from Cypress right. Church. We had Steve Anderson talking about this within the context of sports and and all of their athletes in action and FCA. So uh, we're going to dig into this on our part two. So hang out with us yeah. because part two is going to pick up where we just left off. Amen. That's great. Derek, thank you so much. Boom. Boom. And boom. We would like to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Western University for allowing us to use their podcast studio and their facilities. I also want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for listening to a couple of old guys talking about ministry principles. We have over 70 years of ministry experience, and we'll see you next week.